I'm Jenna Filipkowski, and you're listening to a new episode of the Human Capital Institute's Nine to Thrive HR. This podcast features experts and practitioners in the field of human resources and brings their knowledge of the most pressing issues facing human capital management straight to you. Today, I'm joined here by Chris Mullen. He's the executive director of the Workforce Institute at Ultimate Kronos Group. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Jenna. My pleasure to be here. So, Chris, as the executive director of the Workforce Institute, what have you seen in your research and in your work with clients about how organizations are faring in response to COVID-19? And in particular, what have been the demands on the HR professional? Well, Jenna, I'm seeing, you know, across the spectrum of different things. I I think, you know, when it comes to uh, the research and and working with clients, I think organizations are, are in all different places. Um, depending on your industry, you could be impacted in a different way. You know, there are some industries that are thriving and there are other industries that um, aren't doing as well. Um, And as we get back to work, I think uh, industries will start to fare better, um, those ones that have been lacking. But it really all depends. And it is very situational, I think. Um, to, To your particular question about the demands on HR professionals, I am seeing an increased demand and and it's significant on HR professionals because they're being asked to do things that um, one, uh, they may not have done before. I mean, we are in a time where we're going through something that we've never done in our lifetime. And so, you know, through a pandemic, um, having to shut down um, entire cities and countries, that impacts businesses in different ways. There are certain businesses where you can send your whole workforce home to work remotely. um, And that brings uh, quite a bit of obstacles. How do you get them the technology? Um, You know, how do you get them uh, maybe the internet bandwidth? And then there are other businesses where presence is required for their workers. And so if you are allowed to have your, your shop, your offices open, How's that happening? Do you you have to do shifts because you can't have a full workforce at one time? How are you doing, you know, contact tracing in that case? Um, Back to the remote workers or the work from home folks that can do it, that have that privilege. How do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them productive without burning out? You know, and then there's families, actually, you and I, prior to this, we're just talking about that. How do you keep, you know, how do you how do they work with their families at home for the most part? And then for those who might not have families, they might be working even more. And so, you know, we have to be cognizant of each worker's or employee's situation and how we can, I think, help them. So, you know, from from that point, I think HR, the demands on them is how are they being nimble? How are they making decisions with the information that they have or the insight that they have? And that could include technology, but may not. Um, you know, how do they keep their employees informed? Right, communication is key right now. And you know, how do they ensure that there's still trust between the company HR and the employees? So, I think the demands are again so high; they're significant, and it's such a different time for folks, even in HR. I agree. And you said the word nimble. So to react quickly 
and to have those trust and collaborative relationships in place with your people managers. That way you could be the trusted source of all information that's coming in about your workforce and that does impact the business. And I know in the early days of March and April, um, the demands on the HR professional to figure out how to balance what's happening with all the new employment laws and legislation, and all, of course, all the safety precautions they had to take. So to do so, it required a strong partnership with the business so they can meet those needs and rise to the occasion. And we're so glad to do this study with you, but I feel like it's even more relevant given the times we're in today. Yeah, I think that's a really good valid point that you make. And, and for HR to even build that trust even more, you have to be vulnerable. Right. When you do make a, a decision quickly, because we have to. If it's not right, then you need to be vulnerable and humble and say, this didn't work as well as we thought. This is all new. Let's let's figure out a different way. And in the report I just mentioned, we're releasing it's called The Great Reset, How High Performing Organizations Build HR Business Partnerships to Thrive in the Resilience Economy. And I'm curious, Chris, why is now the optimal time for a reset? And what would it take for organizations to overcome these challenges you mentioned and emerge bigger and stronger if they need to? You know, I, I think now's the optimal time because we're looking at all of our processes, our procedures, how we interact with our employees and the business. So that's why it's the optimal time. And it's a really great time to look at it, be intentional about looking at everything and then also then becoming more strategic in how we look at it. How do we do things quicker and better um, and more cost efficiently? And, you know, to your point about what it takes for organizations to overcome these challenges and emerge stronger, you know, a good example, I think, is the, the making the decision to return to work or the office, right? That's a really good example because what does something like that look like? It, you know, can you have everyone in the office at the same time? Um, is there a capacity, pro, you know, procedure that needs to be taken into consideration? Um, so it seems simple, but it's not. And then each employee, there are a lot of companies now that are saying most of our workforce has been working remotely. So let's just let them do that. Well, I know a lot of folks before this happened that wish they worked remotely. And now that they do wish that they didn't. And so we have to take that into consideration that employees may not be as productive working from home as they were in the office, or they might want some sort of split schedule where they get to do both. And I think, you know, that is a really good example of being this optimal reset. Here are some challenges to overcome. That's a good example. But, you know, to be honest, you know, our lives have completely changed in these months. And with that, we're, we're all learning how to fulfill these commitments, both personally and professionally, and, you know, in ways we never have before. This idea that um, if I am working from home, if I have that chance, where's the boundary now between my work and personal life? A lot of my research is on work-life uh, negotiation and, and what does that look like? And boundaries play a role in that. Now that we don't have physical boundaries, it's more difficult to turn off work or even turn off our personal lives. Because if like for me, I have children at home who are learning um, and they might need help in the middle of a work day. How do we navigate that or negotiate that? So from that standpoint, there really are challenges, but we can emerge better and we can emerge stronger. And this relationship, you know, we all have with our work, it has changed, but it's a really great opportunity. 
Um, and that's why here, you know, for us at the Workforce Institute at Kronos, we feel there's no better time than now for HR to reset and reimagine how they support their people. It's the perfect time to do that. I truly believe that too, Chris. And if the focus is on people and emerging better and stronger with a focus on people and HR leading that effort, we're definitely going to be in a much better place as the years go on. So we partnered to uncover the tactics that create successful partnerships among HR professionals and people managers. And in our new research, we outlined three areas to focus, which will build better partnerships. And one of which is strengthen HR's capabilities in consulting and coaching skills, and also business and financial acumen. Can you share why this is important for the HR professional? When I think about this question, I think about like there's a macro view and a micro view to this. So the macro view being, you know, how do we leverage our, you know, technology, our people data, you know, that we have access to, to think innovatively about applying those insights to ensure everyone has a meaningful work experience, right? So that's like the macro view. How do we create efficiencies that everyone can take advantage of? And then on the micro view, to your point earlier is we believe at our company, and I firmly believe this, is that every great employee deserves a great manager. So from that standpoint, how do we make it a more individual for the employees and the managers? And I think HR, uh, one way to do that is if we strengthen HR's capability um, from their consulting and coaching skills, to me, it's like throwing a rock in a lake or a pond. It creates this ripple effect. And that's what HR, I believe, has the ability to do in any organization is they should have a ripple effect. As you train um, and build up your HR folks, then it should build up your managers, your people managers, your employees. And it should have this this cascading ripple effect or even um, it could have an upward effect, too, uh, I think, in that case. Yeah, and that transitions really well into my next question. We saw that HR professionals who are our survey respondents, they are aware of the skills and abilities most important to building and sustaining HR business partnerships. And that included emotional intelligence, coaching, like we just mentioned, talent development, communication, collaboration skills. And not everyone has the same level of confidence as an HR professional in their abilities in some of these areas. In our study, when we asked HR professionals to rate their confidence in their business partners' abilities and their people managers' abilities in these same areas, we saw kind of a, a disappointing result. There was low confidence in people managers' abilities to do these things overall. So what could explain this? And what, more importantly, can HR do about it? Yeah, that's a really great question. And you know, when it comes to, to people managers and how HR can help them in these areas, I think managing people and leading people, it's a skill and it can be learned, but it needs lots of practice and lots of coaching. And I think that's where many, uh, what I have seen, there's organizations that fall short of that. They give a a leadership training or a management training and then, you know, uh, put their hands together and say, we're good, we're done. We did it. We did what we needed to. But the managers are left trying to put what they learned into practice because they understand it from a cognitive perspective, but putting into practice is a totally different thing because you have personalities to work with between your different employees. And so, you know, as you go from an individual contributor to a people manager, you know how to do the job most of the time of those people that you supervise. But knowing how to lead them is a totally different ballgame. 
And all too often we fall on the foundation of just give them more training. And I think this is where HR can come in. HR needs to help with this transition to becoming a people manager. And I think it is through coaching. It is through those communication abilities. And this is where, again, the ripple effect of HR can have such an impact. And how are we giving those people managers the coaching that they need um, in a timely fashion when they have um, situations with their employees? Um, And that doesn't always mean that it's a negative situation, although that is typically when folks call HR, unfortunately. But what about being proactive about um, being a people manager and, and leading? Simple things of how to run a meeting effectively and efficiently, how to um, earn the trust of your employees, how to give trust, and on top of that, how to actually get to know your employees in a genuine fashion that doesn't come off uh, looking like you're just checking a box to check a box. I, I, you know, I think that can go a long way in building team dynamics that many people managers, you're not, you don't go to school for that. And sometimes it can be taught in training, sometimes not, but it's definitely a skill that folks need to learn. And in our research, we looked at the practices of high-performing organizations. These are ones with better talent and business outcomes. And we wanted to see what they did differently than their industry peers. And what we noticed that high-performing organizations made more of an investment by developing their individual contributors and leaders within the HR function. What impact would this development have on the business? Well, I think, you know, from the standpoint of the impact it can have on the business, you know, by developing your individual contributors and leaders within HR, again, I'm going to go back to the statement I made a couple of times because I think it's so important to hammer this home, but HR can have a ripple effect on the entire business. And by developing your HR function, the leaders and the individual contributors in that function can have such an exponential impact. And by giving them those skills, it really does give them the ability and the freedom to do their work. It can provide your HR function with the autonomy, the purpose, and the flexibility they need to be empowered to do their job. And that can really create a connection um, more than just operational success, but it can transition into more of a strategic success as well. Because you have a lot of your HR function, they know their functional job. And so the more that they feel skilled at that, the more they feel confident. And this can help them go beyond just doing tasks. And it teaches them how to solve problems. And then that can bring a proactive approach to the rest of the organization because then they can help the rest of your, your people managers and employees solve the issues. Talent, maybe it's a talent issue or development issue that they're having within their part of the organization. So uh, again, it's the ripple effect, I believe. And yeah, I think it, it comes down to developing your HR will can have exponential growth with the rest of the organization. Yeah, I agree with that. And I know we talked about tools and communication, and we saw in our report that high-performing organizations report the successful use of tools and technologies that can facilitate communication among HR and people managers. We also saw that in these conversations, data was the primary focus of their conversations. What does it look like in an organization when HR and people managers share information more readily and also use data in those conversations to drive their decisions? 
Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I think I take a, a little bit more of a different approach to this one in, in the sense that I believe it's important to share data and information um, and communicate that between HR, between people managers. I mean, you know, for instance, it's interesting if you're a hiring manager to know um, where the most qualified applicants or candidates are coming from, right? You know, I'm reminded of a quote. Uh, first of all, we're used to the saying of knowledge is power, but Tony Robbins has a quote that says, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is only potential power. It's the action that is the power. And I say that to say that it's not just data and information that's important, but what do we do with the data and the information that we have? People, I, I find um, in my conversations and in the research that we're in the middle of is that folks don't want more data and information. They want more answers that come from the data and the information. And, you know, a good example of that, um, you know, could be that, for instance, what if you had an employee and you were looking at your time and attendance data as an HR person or a people manager, and you noticed that one of your employees was, you know, they consistently were coming in late or calling out sick. Um, and maybe that person previously, you know, they were high performer, they scored high on their performance reviews, and um, but now they're missing their goals and deadlines. So instead of documenting them for being late, what if you had insight and what if the HR could help the manager have that insight to figure out what kind of conversation they should be having with the employee to find out what's going on to then proactively address the situation as opposed to, to penalizing them. You know, that same example can be said, you know, what if someone came in late every Monday by half an hour and you just penalized them in Dr. Pay, uh, documented them in a letter or a warning? But if you actually had a conversation with them, what if you found out that they had to drop that Mondays were the day that they had to drop their kids off at school because they didn't have like either a carpool or a bus? I mean, in their high performer as a manager, I would want to make that arrangement with them to maybe push their day and start it a little bit later. Boy, can you imagine the trust that that builds with that employee um, and empowers them to stay with your company and, and retain a great employee? And then they tell their friends about the accommodation that was made for them. Um, I think that has a bigger role when it comes to communication, when it comes to data and information is what are the answers? How can we as HR help drive the conversation with the data and the information that we have? I think that's super important. So a focus on action, but also a focus on the person and the human and their needs versus looking at everyone in aggregate and making decisions or assumptions, even based on the data. That's great. So we're out of time. And thank you, Chris, for your insights today. It was lovely talking to you and we appreciate you sharing this research with us and we're excited to release it to everyone. Thanks so much, Jen. It was a pleasure to be with you. HCI listeners, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. For Nine to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in.